Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we attempted the intro like... Twice know, before this? Well, once. Well, yeah, twice before this, but then it's been awkward. <laughs> and here we are. Um, it is very cold in Chicago and Lindsay is wearing a very stylish Kirkland signature sweatshirt. It's black on black. It's When I got this, I was like, oh. Did you get it from Costco? No. Our friend gave it to me for my birthday. Um, Very and cute. He said that he got like a um, targeted post from Costco Markham, so in Canada. Oh. And this item was only sold in Canada. It is currently discontinued, so you had to get him a Poshmark. Um, but he saw it on the internet and was like, I have to get this for Lindsay. And um, yeah. It's a great gift. It's Canadian like you. Yeah. And um, I love the fact that it's Are you like also black wearing a ghost scrunchie? Yeah, because I lost my white scrunchie oh. that I usually wear. <laughs> so this is the other it's scrunchie. It's got I little, can find. little ghosts on I it. I got it from Party City during Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, but yeah, it's a little ghost scrunchie. <laughs> it's you ter- got new glasses, you got a new sweatshirt, you got a really a ha- poor quality ghost <laughs> scrunchie. <laughs> I'm getting a haircut tomorrow. It's a big week for you. New Year, new Lindsay. Uh, I'm getting my nails done on Friday. My nails are looking that, get that rough. New um, anyways, it's the second episode of the month. So it's Lindsay's fan fiction. What do we call Round it? Up. Roundup. Roundup. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say I haven't adjusted my spreadsheet or my form. So I haven't been submitting things to it, but I've been primarily Actually, I've been exclusively reading Bridgerton fan fiction this month. You've been rewatching Bridgerton or just rereading? No, Bridgerton? no, I just enjoy reading it. Um, I read one really bad one that it was well written. There was just like no um, conflict in it, so like, so it was just lovers and not enemies. To lovers. Well, and it wasn't even like like the whole time you're waiting for the shoe to drop, like, like what's going to happen? That's going to uh, cause yes. a conflict. And then none of it, there's no, there's no conflict ever. And it's like kind of disappointing. Um, I did read one that was like, like the chef AU that was surprisingly good. Chef AU? Like, not like the, the movie chef, but like the characters are like chefs. It's like Ratatouille. <laughs> There's no, like, rat, though. It was just, like... So, like, the bear. (laughs) I'm just naming every chef thing I could think of. Let's get another one going. (laughs) Name another one. The menu. No. Chef the movie. (laughs) No. Um, Hell's Kitchen. No. It was not based... Were they both contestants on Hell's Kitchen? (laughs) No. It was not based on any, like, movie or show AU that I can think of. That's that's unfortunate. (laughs) That one was enjoyable. Um, and I think that's really the only one of note. Um, I, I need to get into a new fandom because I'm like exhausting the good ones at this point. Like, it's I've like gone when through all. You just all... reread the same three flea bag fanfics. Well, over and, and over there's again. no good flea bag fanfics anymore because flea bag I've... has been done. Well, for... also because I've read them all. There was only like 60 to begin with though, that were finished, yeah. that were labeled as finished. A lot of them were like abandoned, so I don't I don't read those because I, I need the... Ain't nobody got time for no abandoned right. fanfics. I need to know what happens in the end. So I'm probably going to get back into the Supernatural fanfics. Hey, there's a um, lot of those. There are a there's lot. There's 22 
seasons. Yeah, there's more. a lot of them. So there's a lot of content there to read. So there's a lot of Destiel out there. So. I know that's what, I, that's what I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I might get back into that. So I'll, I'll I'll report back in February on what I'm what I'm reading. Hopefully, it's not a book. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not. What, you're not going to read Argyle? When that ever comes out? Maybe. It's already out. I heard it's terrible. The book? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, absolutely Steph, terrible. What are we drinking? Um, so, on the Canadian trend, not intentional for the Canadian discussion, but we are drinking a podcast favorite from Bellwoods Brewing. We are drinking The Jolly King. This is the boysenberry plum edition of Jelly King. Yeah, so I found this at LCBO. It was really exciting. I think Stephanie posted our text conversation on um, Instagram. Sorry, that sound was me making sure I named the right beer. Yeah. Um, If you follow our Instagram, there's exclusive content there, like our text conversation of me finding this beer and texting Stephanie, all caps, Stephanie, and then sending her a picture and then her going... Oh my god! Yeah, shut up. That's about how it um, went. Yeah, it was very exciting. I didn't know there was a variant of this, so we I, I got two bottles of the variant and then two bottles of the original, um, which was really exciting because we love Jelly King, um, and then we're very excited that there was like a berry flavor to try out. Also, uh, love Bellwoods. Love Bellwoods. Love Bellwoods. Yeah. All right. Smells. I. I smell a lot of the the. I always, I don't, I've never had a true boysenberry, but in my head, it's a combination of a blackberry and a raspberry. So that's what kind of what it smells like. And you smell the plum. Yeah. I was going to say, I've never had a boysenberry, but this tastes like blackberry and raspberry um, and plum. It's got like that tartness and plum is, plums can be pretty tart. Um, Oh, she good. It's got a very berry forward flavor. It's very pink, which we love. Yes. It's got, I think, more raspberry and blackberry, like I said, I don't know what boysenberry tastes like, but it does taste very, like, raspberry. It's got a little bit of, like, an acidic note to it. Not what we what we typically refer to as, like, the heartburn acid, but it's got, like, the acidic kick to it. Yeah. Got a little wheat. It's a little weedy. Wheat-y, not weedy. Wheat-y. Um, wheat. I think, and... A little tart. Little yeah, it's sweet. it's tart. It's not overly tart, which yeah. is nice because it's balanced by like the the sweetness from the mm-hmm. fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of mellows out the tartness from it. It's got like the richness of what I imagine boysenberry is, but to me, like the of a raspberry. Yeah, because that's I think the only thing I can really compare it to. Yeah. Um, and like raspberries for me are pretty tart. Yeah, I would agree. Um. So it's got, like, that tartness as well. And I think maybe that's where the acidity... It's a super minor tartness Mm -hmm. where it's, like, a nice little addition where it's not... It's not, like, puckery. Overwhelmingly. Yeah, it's not puckery. It's not, like, going to dry your mouth out. Sour. Yep. All right. Three words. Can I use fruit? The fruit names? Are you going to say boysenberry and... Plum, even though you don't know what boysenberry tastes like, or you can say like I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say like tart berry. Yeah, I was gonna say plum, and then I'm gonna say like weedy. Um, I would probably say the same to be honest. Yeah, 
Uh, those are pretty like upfront flavors. They're like right there. Mm -hmm. It's really good. I've drank like half of mine already. Well, we got a little bit more left in the bottle. Not much, but yeah, you really went through this. Damn. Also, these glasses that were a gift from former guest Hannah. They're super cute. They're so cute. I know. I love them. Um, Cool. So let's get into the episode. Steph, what are we talking about? This this was kind of a spur of the moment idea that we had. Um, we And we're talking about it a little bit early, but there's a lot going on with this topic right now. So we thought it would be fun to talk about, you know, Barbie. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about, it's hard to talk about the whole of Barbie, but um, is the 65th anniversary of the Barbie doll in March of this year. So we're going to talk about, you know, all things Barbie, mm -hmm. which does in fact include the 2022 2023 film that was featured in all of the memes about Barbenheimer. And we talked a lot about in the episode that did not make it. Yes. Just some, uh, I pulled some quick background about the creation of the doll just because I find it really interesting because I've watched all of those, um, the Toys That Made Us mm -hmm. series on Netflix and they've talked quite about a lot about this and I've seen this brought up on various like interesting invention things. Um, also, thank God that I did not share this with you because I, my, this is like extra bad Stephanie typing. <laughs> I love those. So, I love Bar those. My, my computer is really small. Like, my work computer is really big, and this computer is really small. So, it's like I have a hard time typing sometimes. Um, Barbie was created by Ruth Handler, who is a Scorpio queen and the youngest child of 10 from Denver, Colorado. She founded Mattel with her husband, Izzy Handler, went by Elliot Handler, his middle name, and their friend who was a businessman, uh, Harold, he went by Matt, uh, Matson. So the name Mattel actually is a combination of Elliot and Matson. Uh, in interviews, they said that they tried to fit Ruth in there somewhere, mm -hmm. but they couldn't get it to flow as well. And they all agreed that Mattel was like the best sounding okay. name. Originally, they made furniture. And then when sales started to decline during World War II, they started making toy furniture. And then they exclusively switched to toy manufacturing around that time. Um, they, when... When Ruth was observing her daughter, Barbara, and her friends play with, like, paper dolls and baby dolls, she kind of established that there was a void for children's toys around, like, other dolls, like, mm -hmm. physical dolls that weren't themed around babies. Yep. And uh, while on a trip to Europe in 1956, they found this, this doll called the Build Lily doll and lily is a character from like this sexually explicit satirical comic strip and they made this doll lily for adults but then it became very popular with children in europe and especially in germany because they could like change the clothing and this was the first time a doll like this had ever really existed mm -hmm. and uh ruth brought the dolls back and she worked with designer slash inventor slash formal mi former missile engineer um, Jack Ryan 
to create um, a more modernized, Americanized version of this doll. And they named her Barbara Millicent Roberts, obviously named after her daughter, Barbara. And the name got shortened very quickly to Barbie. Okay. So the doll was released on March 9th of 1959 at the American Toys Fair in New York City. Um, the very first Barbie wore a black and white striped swimsuit and had a like top knot ponytail and bangs and was available as a blonde or a brunette. She was marketed as a teenage fashion model and all the clothes were made by Mattel's designer, Charlotte Johnson. The doll was originally sold for $3 and 350,000 dolls were sold within the first year. Oh, wow. When they originally created it, because it was the first doll of its kind that wasn't like a baby Mm -hmm. related thing, um, investors were really skeptical about what was actually going to happen and how well it was going to do. But then obviously it way surpassed any expectations that were had for the toy and just blew everyone out of the water. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like a real, real quick overview of the doll and its first creation. Um, and I know you and I kind of talked about this, but what what was your first experience with Barbie? So I think you and I had slightly different backgrounds yeah. with it. So I just think that's interesting to talk about. I mean, I was young, right? So, like, I don't even know, like, when I was first introduced to Barbie. It's kind mm-hmm. of always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, like Barbie, I remember like going in the toy aisle to like Toys R Us and like there was an entire aisle just dedicated to like mm-hmm. Barbie mm-hmm. and the different variants of Barbies and like Dreamhouse and like the, the cars, right? And- the cars, like bikes, like different things that you could buy mm-hmm. with Barbie, like an entirely pink aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like going through the aisle and not being able to like afford it. So I didn't really, ha- I had like maybe one Barbie or maybe two growing up. Um, I don't think I ever had a Ken doll. I think I had maybe two. Um, and I never got, like... And, and like, there were also, like, boxes of clothes that you yeah. could buy. And different, yep. like, outfits. Yep. I never really got those. I think my mom actually, like, made me outfits for the Barbie I had. Um, so, like, that's what I played with. Um, but I do remember there being, like, just tons of different variants. Like, Dr. Barbie and, like, mm-hmm. um, like, Surf Barbie or, like, Beach Barbie and... Um, like the different co- like skin tone Barbies, mm-hmm. not as not as not as um, diverse as they are today, right? But. Like just kind of like the two, I think, colors from what I remember. Um, but I think I always ended up getting like traditional Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got them, when I got one, and I think I got like maybe a second one for like Christmas. Um, but I did play with them with my sister. Um, and I I think I faintly remember my mom like having like made or gotten made because she worked at a, like a woodworking company like mm-hmm. a, a like a wooden like a small wooden house mm-hmm. um so that that's kind of like what I had um but yeah I mean that was my experience like I loved Barbie I I played with them all the time me and my sister would like make up stories like kind of the traditional experience experience with yeah. Barbie yeah like so we're like making up making up stories and dressing them and playing with their hair yeah, um, I 
I actually called was on the phone with my mom before I came over and we were talking about this. I had a whole bunch of Barbies. My mom used to get it from the dollar store. So they were like So I had the low the I low had key the fake Barbies yeah. from the dollar store yeah. too. Yeah. I had a bunch of those and then my mom I mean, it was the 90s, so my mom was big into, like, collector's items. Like, my mom... We had a bajillion Beanie Babies. Yeah. My mom would buy me the, like, collector's Barbies for New Year's. She'd buy them around Christmas. Could you not open them? I couldn't open them. I had them in boxes on a shelf. Maybe that's why my Funkos are in boxes on a shelf. Mine are not. (laughs) Because I grew up when you put put your toy in the box on the shelf. Uh, But, yeah, so... I actually remember Barbie more vividly through, like, some of the movies and, like, the video games and Like stuff, the Nutcracker movie. Rather than directly playing with yeah. the dolls. Because I played with them a little bit, but honestly, the most I remember of them is them sitting in a, a, box. a box. Yeah. I also, um, I did for one year for Christmas or my birthday or something, I got the Barbie Volkswagen Beetle. That's so And nice. it's purple, and my mom still has it, and my... It's still in the box. No, my four-year-old niece was playing with it at Christmas. Oh, that's cute. I saw it, and I was like, wait, that thing still works? Um, I never got the car, as far as I remember, but I remember, like, wanting it, like, desperately. I, I never had, like, tr- true Barbie dream house. I had, like, some weird plastic knockoff thing. Yeah, yeah I think I did, too. And then, like, the wooden thing that... My mom had me. Yeah. The guys at the wood shop. Yeah. I had some weird plastic thing, but I do remember, um, gosh, I must've been seven. I had a Barbie that had a blow up chair. Okay. And then my mom got me a matching blow up chair. Oh, that's so cute. So I had a matching blow up chair to my Barbie. And that thing was the most uncomfortable piece of furniture I've ever I sat love on. That. That's it was so terrible. Cute. That's so cute. You though. know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. Blow up chairs. It's too, like the right? little square ones with like the arms. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, man. I think I had one of those, but oh, I think it was man, from the it was dollar terrible. store. Um, I think mine was from the dollar store, but I also had one of those actually. Mine now was that I think awful. About it. I hated that thing, and I never sat on it. I remember trying to like like it and trying to sit in it, but it was not comfortable. It also reminds me a little bit of the shitty furniture at. Um, 1237 yeah. that me and Madison used to describe as the the, the the furniture from the Destiny's Child Say My Name video. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think Barbie was like just an iconic experience in our lives. And I, I've never really thought that like, I've never really thought about it as like, it's something that everyone still grows up with. Like, yeah. In my in my head, like the two thousands and the two thousand tens, when like I had grown out of it, people weren't still buying it, but yeah. people were. Probably, I don't know if as much. I think there was a phase for a couple of years where, and when I was doing some digging on this, that it, the sales kind of dipped. Probably, I think we would have been out of high school at this point when they started to like dip in sales. Uh-huh. But then they really started coming back probably late 2010s. It, like, really picked up again. Okay. <clears throat> Did you ever watch the Barbie movies? Like, the cartoon ones? Nutcracker, baby! That, I think this is the only one that I ever uh, actually watched. Wait, is, oh, like, wait. the Nutcracker one? All 
All right. IMDb has all of the Barbie movies. <clears throat> in order, there's Barbie and the Nutcracker from 2001. Barbie as Rapunzel from 2002. Barbie of Swan Lake from 2003. Wait, I think I might have seen that one. I've seen actually all three of these. I don't know that I've seen the Rapunzel, but Nutcracker. Barbie and Swan Lake. as the Princess and the Pauper from 2004. I have. I a, actually think I saw that one too. I oh this uh, let, let's do this and I'll, I'll explain this. So, uh, 2005 Barbie Fairytopia. 2005 Barbie and the Magic of the Pegasus. 2006 The Barbie Diaries. This animation looks horrifying. Very different. Oh no, looks horrifying. That does look horrifying. 2006, Barbie Fairytopia Mermaidia. <laughs> 2006, Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses. 2007, Barbie Fairytopia The Magic of the Rainbow. 2007, Barbie as the Island Princess, which looks that feels a little, a little racist. racist. <laughs> uh, 2008, Barbie Mariposa and her Butterfly Fairy Friends. 2008, Barbie and the Magic Castle. 2008, Barbie at Christmas Carol. 2000. What? A Christmas Carol? Did Ghost Visitor? Barbie stars in her first holiday movie in this heartwarming adaptation okay. of Charles Dickens' story. I've never seen a heartwarming adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Uh, they did Thumbelina, Three, Ma- Three Musketeers, Sing Along, Mermaid's Tale. The animation gets weird. I lost track. There's uh, there's probably too many. There's a lot more. Oh my god. You're only like a there's quarter like, there's of the way. There's 40. Yeah, you're like maybe a the quarter of the way. The animation looks horrifying after a while, so. Yeah, that does look horrifying. One of these definitely looks like it's, um, what was the movie, like the Princess Exchange, where it was like the modern version of Princess and the Pauper with Demi Lovato or some shit like that? One of these definitely looks Wait, like Wait, isn't that the one with, um... Is Selena Gomez in that? Is that no, not Demi no, Lovato? No, no, it's the one with... The girl from High School, high school Musical. I'm like, Vanessa Hudgens? Vanessa Hudgens, yeah. Mm. It's one of those. The Princess Switch. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. yeah. That's what this looks like. Wait, that wasn't my cartoon, though. No, I'm saying this is like a knockoff version of oh, that oh, from okay. 2020. Got it. Yeah, I think I'd only seen the first, like, like a couple that you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've seen any of these past 2004, 2005, yeah. maybe. Um, no, but this reminded me, and I actually forgot that I still have these. My mom used to buy me Barbie Christmas ornaments every year. I think I still have them at Wait, home. you texted me earlier and you are like, I wasn't into Barbie growing up. And you had a lot of Barbie apparently stuff. I so had apparently I had a lot of Barbie. you were into Barbie. That or my mom just bought them for me and I don't remember playing that them. That or your mom tried to get you into Barbie, like heavily tried to make you a Barbie um, No, but I... I got Barbie Christmas ornaments every year, probably until I was into adulthood. Interesting. They used to do, like Hallmark would do a Barbie Christmas ornament, Mm -hmm. like a specialty one every year. And a lot of them were in like, um, it was the same dress as the like collector's Barbies. So like, that's why Uh, I had both. Okay. Um, But then they started getting into these like Barbie movies and my mom was like, well, these aren't the same. Yeah. They're not the but same. But I have the Princess and the Popper one for sure. I have Swan Lake for sure. I have Rapunzel. I have the Nutcracker. And I have, I think, the Twelve Dancing Princesses. I think that's the last one that looks familiar. Okay. But yeah, so I have a lot of random Barbie shit. 
Apparently. I also had a lot of Barbie video games, which I'm very excited to talk about. The Barbie video games are fun. They're very good. Um, all right, do you want to go into that, and then I'll go into my list? Yeah, well, so... Um, in 1984, Barbie went from being solely a toy and it kind of became a media franchise because of, you know, the changing of technology mm-hmm. at the time. There were two Barbie video games that came out in 1984, two television specials that came out in 1987, and then 2001 was the first computer animated Barbie film, and that's Barbie the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... The one that I, I was just like writing down random Barbie thoughts as they popped into my head. So I had, I think it's called Barbie Fashion Designer. Yep. And you would design the clothes and then you would go and like buy fabric, like like a, you could put through your printer. Yeah. And then they your printer would print out the clothes and you would have to cut them out and like assemble them and you could put them on your Barbie. Were they like paper or was it actual fabric? It was like a fabric sticky thing. I can't, I don't. I think I know what you're talking about, actually. So we had that, because my parents got a computer in 94, 95, we had a computer for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so I think Barbie Fashion Designer came out in, like, I want to say 96. Okay. But I had, this is the part where you're like, oh, no, Stephanie liked Barbie. Barbie Riding Club. I had Barbie. <laughs> what is Barbie Riding Club? It's like a horse riding game. Oh, riding. Riding, like, yeah. Not yeah. writing, okay. Yeah, so... Horses? <laughs> yeah. A horse girl over here. I wouldn't... I did not have that on my 2024 bingo card. Um, I had Detective Barbie 1 through 3. Ooh, I love that. That was fun. Um, and it was fun because they would randomize every time you played who the bad guy was. Yeah. And, like, it was... You could play it multiple times and you and would get multiple outcomes. Yeah. This is, these are all, like, computer, like, CD-ROM these, games, These are right? all CD-ROM games. Yeah. Correct. Um, I had, and this one also feels a little racist, Barbie Magic Genie Bottle, and this one was slightly... <laughs> Very racist. That's the name of the game. I'm just reading what it's called. And it came with a, like, bottle that plugged into your computer when you would open it. And the bottle plugged into, like, with a... With, like, a, a, a USB cord. type cord. Oh, uh, yeah, they didn't have a USB at that time. You know what I mean. Yeah. The type cord. Yeah. Um, and certain aspects of the game, you would have to open and close the bottle because Barb- Barbie was a genie and you had to let her out of the bottle and she would help you. And then sometimes you would have put her back in the bottle to protect her from being stolen. Yeah, that feels hella racist. <laughs> I didn't make the game. <laughs> 2001 was a different time. That's true. Um, I also had Barbie Pet Rescue. Uh-huh. Which was fun because you had to go out into the neighborhood and rescue stray pets for some reason. Okay, and you're like, these are definitely. What was so- the weirdest pet? Do you remember that you had to rescue? Like, like was it more? It was more like standard, like, like pets that you would adopt. Rabbits, and yeah, like, hamsters, dogs. dogs, cats, lizards, lizards. You had to go rescue lizards. Yeah, they'd be in the park. I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't make this game. <laughs> And then I had Secret Agent Barbie, which was my favorite. That sounds fun. Yeah. It sounds like a ripoff of ripoff of like where in the world is Carmen, Carmen San, San Diego. Diego. So you were the Barbie secret agent, and you had like weird spy you shit. Find out where in the world Barbie Car- was. No, so you were the Barbie. Okay, and. Uh, you had different outfits that could make you blend into different places and you could become translucent. It was a whole. That sounds wild. 
Physics. Do I want to play these games now? A yes. little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I don't know. That was always fun. That sounds fun. My parents were very, like, letting Just, me have computer games. It's funny, games. like, thinking about, like, CD-ROM games, like, those would take forever to boot up. Mm-hmm. And, like, if your computer was not set up right, it would just, like, crash. So, like, you being able to play these games was, like, a whole thing. Anything else about games you want to talk about? I was very upset when my mom sold the Barbie Genie game at a yard sale. <laughs> For, like, a dollar? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. The game was sick. I don't even know how you'd play it. You don't have a CD-ROM drive. This wasn't I'm just saying. You wouldn't even be able to play it now. Oh, the only other Barbie thing I wrote down was Fairytopia. You know all the memes of, like, the big fuzzy guy, like, screaming into oblivion? Mm -hmm. That's that's from Fairytopia. Oh. Um, So I have a list uh, from the Chicago Tribune of the 16 most popular Barbies of all time, so I thought that would be fun to talk to. The first one's obviously the original Barbie in the bathing suit. Um, for some reason, number two is Barbie Dreamhouse in 1962. Um, it says that it was such a big deal that it may have inspired many girls to pursue a career in architecture. Uh, it was made originally of a simple cardboard rectangle, a studio for Barbie living alone, and came with cardboard furniture. And you can still buy a reproduction of it. Um, in 1965, Astronaut Barbie... Um, but both Barbie and Ken were released as astronauts in 1965. That was before we went to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1967, Twist and Turn Barbie. What does that mean? She, um, <coughs> I, I don't know, actually. Um, she was the first of what later became known as the mod era Barbie. Um, she has rooted eyelashes, long straight hair, and bendable uh, legs, and her waist can be turned, which is why she's called the Twist and Turn Barbie. Got it. There is, was Talking Barbie in 1968. It had that a string. slightly horrifying. It does. Um, there's obviously Malibu Barbie in 1971. Um, essentially, like, the most iconic, one of the most iconic Barbies. Um, quick Curl Barbie. The hair could be quickly curled because she had minuscule wires running through its hair. And the hair could go in any direction. Interesting. Barbie Townhouse in 1974, uh, which was an update to the dream house. Um, well, they the th- upgraded her. God yeah. damn. Um, the African-American Barbie in 1980. It says that there were other African-American dolls in the family, but this was the first black Barbie. Pilot Barbie in 1989. Um, the fir- the Flight Time Barbie in 1989 came with a pink suit that transformed into a glamorous party outfit. Uh, today it comes in a blue pantsuit. Barbie runs for president in 1992. Um, she has been a presidential candidate a total of six times with her first attempt in 1992. Um, police Officer Barbie in 1993. It's described as a police officer by day, party girl at night. So she came with a full uniform and then an elegant white polka dot skirt and a golden top. It's part of the career girl collection. Firefighter Barbie in 1994. Um, She came again, part of the career collection, but came with a first aid kit. Sign language Barbie. Um, She was a sign language teacher who wanted to inspire children to learn new languages 
Um, unlike other dolls, this one had her fingers molded into the sign that means I love you. And it also had common words in their signs in American languages. In language, that was in 2001. Barbie Fashionista is a line um, of 40 dolls, 7 Barbie types, 11 skin tones, and 28 hairstyles. There are also 15 Ken dolls, one of which has a man bun, apparently. Uh, it says the Fashionista's line most popular time was in the 2010s. There was Computer Engineer Barbie in 2010. Um, it went down in history as one of the most controversial dolls. Uh, it was the first doll of the Career of the Year program, and a computer engineer was selected by the public. Uh, it originally included a book called Barbie, I Can Be a Computer Engineer. Ooh. <laughs> it also stated, though, that Barbie would not be able to finish the project she was working on as an engineer and get rid of a virus unless she asked for the boy's help, which I think is why it was so, super controversial. Oh. Um, I thought she they were going to say that they just canceled the project. And I was like, oh, that's relatable. <laughs> yeah. The um, 60th anniversary Barbie released in 2019. Um, uh, it was not that interesting. <laughs> okay. And that was uh, the list of the top 16. But so I mentioned um, the first African-American Barbie. I looked it up, and the first person of color, POC Barbie, um, was Christy in 1968. So Mattel created that character. It had the same body so that their clothes were interchangeable, but her face had a new design intended to highlight the facial features of a black woman. She's considered to be the first, like, quote-unquote black Barbie, but was never actually, um, like, the, the like brand name Barbie, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so I was actually, I, interestingly enough, I have this up in front of me right now. They had a Barbie in 1967 called Colored Frankie, which was, uh, Frankie was one of the other Barbie dolls. Um, and she, they just used all of the same molds. molds and just changed the skin color. And then they actually changed the molds when they created Christy in 68 to be more African Americanized. Features mm-hmm. rather than like the stereotypically white features that right. were on the other doll. Um, they did also have a Hispanic Barbie in the eighties and into more modern day named Teresa. Okay, um, which I actually remember being a thing when I was a kid, but I don't hear as much about mm-hmm. her anymore. Yeah, as one of Barbie's friends, because I remember it being like Christy and Teresa were the friends. Yeah, I do remember that. But uh, talking with my mom, like Midge, obviously was one of Barbie's friends. Oh God, Midge is only pregnant in as one doll, right? Which I actually have a thing about here too. But like Midge was around. Um, Then Barbie had sisters. Yep. Did you know they renamed one of Barbie's sisters? I did not. Do you remember the sisters were uh, Skipper Kelly and? I remember Skipper and Kelly. Skipper, Kelly, and Stacy, mm-hmm. but Kelly has been renamed to Chelsea since 2011. I did not know that. I do remember I never Skipper, Kelly. Kelly, Skipper, Stacey. Kelly, and Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. And then she all, uh, Skipper had a brother at one point whose name I forget. Wouldn't but... the brother also be Barbie's brother? Right. But it was twins with oh, Skipper. Yes. Okay. Um, which I don't remember that. The but... lore. 
The Laura Barbie the grows. Laura Barbie. Um, I also, just because, you know, doing some digging on controversy is entertaining. Um, there was actually a little bit of um, a little kerfuffle around um, a Barbie that came out in 2001. So Oreo did a... Oh, God. Yeah, Oreo-sponsored Barbie. Yeah, I know where this is going. And they had a Christie doll... With Oreo stuff. I actually had this doll, believe it or oh, not. Oh, with Oreo stuff. I but it was, it was Oreo like... branded as well. Okay, I and thought so... it was about to be like racist Oreo. I mean, she has like an Oreo, like like a bat, a crossbody. No, no, I Oreo, thought it was going to be like Oreo the racist stuff. term. Like Oreo. No, but obviously having a black Barbie with Oreo branding doesn't look great. No, no. I mean, it's but there's I... an implication there. I actually specifically do think I had this particular doll because your mom thought it would be a collector's item no probably because i picked it out ah oreos are good so. yeah um barbie's done a lot of like i think now looking at barbie there's been a lot of really positive things of it but if i were to think about myself like not 10 years ago but maybe like 15 years ago like barbie had kind of like a negative connotation to it yeah, I mean, there was a time in our lives where, like, and I think this is probably reflected by the decline in sales. Yeah. Where Barbie was looked at as, like, a negative icon because mm-hmm. it, like, provided an unrealistic body expectation yeah. on women. And I remember there specifically that, like, in, like, the 2010s, I think, early 2010s, late 2000s, was, like, a lot of commentary on Barbie's proportions and how mm-hmm. it's not realistic to any woman's body image, like, body yeah. type. And I, I totally agree, like, I, not that I, I don't think I, growing up, I ever thought, like, oh, this is what women should look like, but I do remember there being, like, a really heavy, heavy like, commentary on how Barbie was a detriment to, like, feminism. Yeah, um, so, if, if you were to take the original Barbie's like proportions and apply that to a human size, she would not be able to menstruate or walk upright because her waist was so small compared to her bust and right. shoulders. Right. Not just her bust, but like her shoulders were way too wide for her waist and her lower right. body. Which again, it's a doll, so And it was also what the sixties, so it's I don't imagine that they were attempting to do something realistic. But they also like over the years, I know that there's been the commentary of, like, okay, now that you understand this, though, like, and you understand the the implication and the detriment to young girls mm-hmm. out there's body image, like, change. And I do think they took that feedback. Yeah, they did actually widen Barbie's waist. I don't know about, I don't know how much, but they have adjusted her waist since we have been older. Yeah. Um, but a lot, like, yeah, a lot of the criticism around Barbie has been that she, it promotes an unrealistic idea of body image for young women, leading to a risk of girls will emulate her and become Mm -hmm. anorexic, anorexic. Um, like, I remember that being a big thing of people talking about that when I would have been 13. Right. Like the late 2000s. Yeah. Um... This seems weird, but it says there's a term called Barbie syndrome, which is when people intentionally try to emulate 
Barbie's physical appearance and it leads to severe body dysmorphia and eating disorders and an obsession with, you know, cosmetic well, surgery. There's been like I remember in the two thousands. There's been a couple of models. Yeah, I, was gonna say, of, I remember yeah. in the two thousands, like there were people that were in the news for the excessive amount of like plastic, plastic surgery. surgery they had done in order to get the body to type. The body yeah. Barbie and thing. it was like to see them was like there's no way. Yeah. Which is why I think, like, coming to the Barbie movie, like, well, that just came out in mm-hmm. 2023, like, obviously, like, representation of Barbie as a cartoon is very different than seeing, like, a real person. Oh, of course. Um, Like, represent this doll. And so I think, like, having the real people and seeing, like, real body types was um, important for the, the brand to do. Yeah. Because up until then, it had all been computer-generated. Like, mm-hmm. all cartoon movies. Um, and, yeah, now you're finally able to, like, reconcile, like, these... This is what Bar- Barbie's a real person. Like, Barbie yeah. is has real proportions, has a realistic body type. Well, I also thought they did a really good job, specifically, because... We can just talk about the Barbie movie now, because I love that movie. It's fantastic. Um, they did a great job getting representation across different body types, ethnicities, backgrounds, you know. Um, there's another one I'm yeah. looking for. Uh, it's not coming to me. I had three beers before this. Um, Gender, identities. Yes. Um, sexual orientation, all that stuff. Um, but because a very every, diverse cast. They had a diverse cast, and most of the characters go by Barbie. So you're saying yep. Barbie can be anyone. Right. Which I thought Which is, was and really I, impactful. I think the Barbie can be anyone has been something that Barbie as brand has been leading leaning into, especially with like the career. They did the career Barbies. Barbies. They've done they've made Barbies of inspirational women that right. have done positive things. There's a share Barbie. Right. Barbies of different body types. So I think having this extremely diverse cast of Barbie mm-hmm. and then being called Barbie was really it kind of just supported that mm-hmm. movement of the brand being like everyone can be Barbie, anyone can be Barbie, and I, I also Barbie think, can be anything. She can be a doctor, she can right. be a president. Like, and I, I think it was interesting to go back onto that though. Like in the movie, they also represent like here are the different characters that we've had. Like mm-hmm. you know, there's Midge, there's Alan. Like not everyone's Ken and not everyone's Barbie. Right. And I think that was fun to add into the movie as like a kind of a little like. Easter Weekly, egg, nudge, like, nudge. Right. They have Ken's buddy. They have yeah. pregnant Midge. Like, um, I think that's fun. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of showing that like Barbie can be anything, and you can be anything. Like you don't yeah. have to be Barbie. Like you, whatever you want to be, Barbie can also be. Yeah, and I think that's like super, um, like really freeing, mm-hmm. especially for like young women growing up now to have that kind of representation of like, oh, I like growing up, Barbie was like like. I don't remember, like, all the different careers she had, but it was, like, doctor, lawyer. When we were young, the careers were a lot more straightforward, but as we've gotten older, you have, like, the data engineer Barbie. Right. Yeah, they had astronaut Barbie, but it wasn't, like, the same as now. They have so many more things that Barbie can be. Right. And I think that they, in the film, they did a good job representing all of that. Yeah, I mean... There was, like, astrophysicist Barbie in the film. Nobel Prize winning Barbie. <laughs> right. Writer Barbie. Yeah. And, like, 
to see all of those different things represented, I think is just for young women growing up now is super, is so important to be able to see like, you can do anything. And this is a brand that's growing with the time and not just kind of staying stagnant in what they were Mm -hmm. when they were popular. I also, I mean, like I said, I, I loved this movie. I thought was so good. So much fun. Told a great story. I fucking cried, so. I didn't cry, but I also don't cry very often. Oh, so, so I cried, like, and I was on a plane. Listen, we've talked about this. Crying on a plane is a thing. I was crying on the plane, um, but it was during America Ferreira's speech about, like, what women have to be like in the real mm-hmm. world. And I was just, like, bawling. Um, but I, I think it was... I don't know. It's really interesting. I think the movie's magical. Like, the discovery of Bar- Barbie discovering who she is and that she doesn't fit into the role that she's been given mm-hmm. and then giving her the freedom to become who she wants is such a great message that, like, you can be, like, you can feel siloed, but there's always other things like for you to do. And I think mm-hmm. that's such a great message. And, like, Ken kind of has the same realization. Like, he's always been Ken. And Ken's always been Barbie's boyfriend and then like Ken discovers that he wants to be more than that he wants to be Ken like he wants to be separate from Barbie and I think that's also like an interesting message to have said like it's it's kind of on both sides like you as an individual you can be whoever you want to be um so I was just kind of doing some digging because um, you were talking about America Ferrera specifically. So she actually won an award this year at the Critics' Choice Awards for specifically because of her ties to Barbie. But she won an award called the See Her Award, which is awarded during the Critics' Choice Ceremony. And it honors a woman who advocates for gender equality and portrays characters with authenticity and defies stereotypes and pushes boundaries. And I guess she's only the eighth ever woman to receive mm-hmm. this award. Which I think is very cool. Because also, again, the Barbie yeah. movie, fucking rad. And her character in the Barbie movie is fantastic. Yeah. And I love that Greta Gerwig got to do this. Because I feel like there's very much of... There's so much Greta Gerwig in there. Like, there's so much tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. On top of just, like, the... Uh, like it's It is... It's a Barbie movie at its core. But there's so much tongue-in-cheek and so much, like, fun moments of it. Like, the starting, the beginning of it. It's, like, referencing 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm. There's so many Easter eggs. It references an American in Paris. Like, it does so much, There's so many references and so many Easter eggs for you to find. Every time I've I've watched it twice now, every time you watch it, there's something different that you're like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Like, this is is something different. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, all of the kind of background that's coming out of it, like, she talked about um, how when Ken, like, runs at the wave, she spe- they specifically wanted him to be on wires and turning, like, how a person would be, like, how a kid would be turning the yeah. doll. And there's there's an implication that, like, this Barbie movie that you're watching, it's sort of like how the Lego movie is done, where, like, it's not actually a story. It's, like, these kids creating the story. Mm-hmm. And it's implied that what we're watching is actually, like, some kids playing and this is their mm-hmm. story. Um, and you don't get that until you like kind of connect the dots and have seen it more than once. Mm-hmm. And I love that there's like more layers to this movie than just like what's in front of you. Yeah. And 
I mean, obviously, Barbie was the highest grossing film of 2023. It's been nominated for an ass load of awards. Yeah, I have the number in front of me. So, 180 total nominations across. Oh, my God. Well, across, like, every award show there is. Right. So, like, not just the main ones that we see, but, like, things like, um, like, the the MTV Awards, Saturn Awards, like, smaller I'm ones. I'm sure it also got nominated to some extent for some of the, like, visual awards yeah. and like the create more of the like technical awards right. as well so it's 156 so far damn. awards hot damn um but you kind of you brought up like things like visual effects mm-hmm. and they've been winning awards for things like best film best direction best lead actress best supporting like the the traditional mm-hmm um i know they're like nominated for grammys for like i'm just ken I'm sure What Was I Made For got nominated as well for something. I know it won at the Golden Globes. It won, like, best song. Oh, I did see, I think for it I'm was, Just Ken. No, I think it was the Emmys that I'm Just Ken won. And that's the meme that, or maybe it was the Golden Globes, but it's oh, the Billie meme. Oh, Billie Eilish. So I think it must have been the Emmys then, because there's like a meme of Ryan Gosling looking around, being extremely confused as to why he won the award. Because I think he fully now. expected what was I made for to win. It might have been the Critics' Choice. It was one of the awards that took place this last weekend. I think they were both last weekend. Is it Emmys yeah, for TV? It was, so it was, it was Critics', the Critics choice. choice. Yeah. Um... That he won. And yeah, he was just like shocked. I also thought it was really fun that like some of the actors that they cast, like, um, what's her name? Emma Mackey, I think. Um, who was in Sex Education. And up until this, up until the Barbie movie, like was being compared facially, like in looks wise to like a young Mario Robbie. Like people thought they looked strangely alike oh she is the girl from sex education um well so what's funny is there are three actors from sex education in the barbie movie um one of the kens um the guy the ken that's doctor who what's his name not the ken that's doctor who the ken that's doctor who is literally like the the current doctor who actor is ken and he's in sex education I can't think of his name. Oh my god! What is oh, this? he's Doctor Who right now. Yes, I actually didn't know that. <laughs> yes, he is in Sex Education. I did not know he was the current. Oh doctor yeah, Who. he's do- he's the Doctor. God, that guy is attractive, right? Um, and then <laughs> the guy that meets Barbie in Mattel, um, and like goes up to the top floor to go to talk to um. Will Ferrell's Will character? Ferrell's character. That guy's in sex education. And what's funny is... Coral. Oh, wait. I found him. He's uh, he's like the bully in the first season, right? Yes. But what's funny is his character dates the new Doctor Who. Yes! They date in sex education. <laughs> And then Emma Mackey's bar, like Emma's Mackey's character in Sex Education, is like really good friends with him. So then they all have scenes together, and I always thought it was I thought it was really funny when I was watching to see them all like play together. It was like these guys have all acted together in Sex Education. Yeah! Wow. How about so that, that? Was fun. How about that? That was fun. That was a little fun, like fun fact. 
about the How Barbie movie. about that? A lot of sex education actors. A lot of non-American um, actors. Also, I found it really funny in the movie that uh, Scott Evans is one of the Kens. And he's like the most extra of the Kens. They, they, his name in the credits is stereotypical Ken, but he's like the most extra in the background. That's obviously Chris Evans' brother. Um, and John of, Cena is a mermaid. Yes. And one of the other fun things I thought about that I'm actually, I'm blanking on now, actually. I'll come, it'll come to me. Oh. <laughs> so when, after the, the Kens take over and the girls are like trying to pretend because the, the, the cans have become toxic. Uh-huh. And the girls are, like, pretending to be interested in them. Because they're, like, they're trying, trying to, to trick them. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where um, the new Doctor Who... I can't... I don't remember his name. The actor's name. Um, Q.T. Gatwa? Yes. Um, he is talking to one of the Barbies about, like, indie music. And he's talking about Stephen Malkmus. And oh, yeah. I was I was laughing so hard. I was crying when he brings up Stephen Malcolmus. I was like, I've heard that conversation before. <laughs> oh, this is like almost done. No, go ahead. You can finish it. I just thought it was funny. Um, what else is funny through this? Oh, so they don't reference it in the movie, but I know it was like a big discussion. Um, like Alan being Ken's, Ken's buddy. buddy. And what's the Ken doll that has like the sex toy around his neck from the nineties at the Ken that's like definitely gay. Oh, I don't know. But I did think so. Matt and I had a lot of discussion about Alan and his existence um, in the movie, because, I mean, it's Michael Sarah obviously, as the actor, but Ken is just being, or sorry, Alan's being, like, pushed around by Ken, and he, like, wants the Barbies to take the, to, for it to be, like, a feminist world of matriarchy yeah. again, and we were just kind of talking about, like, the, what that, the implication of that, and... Fearing magic. If you search gay Ken, that's definitely... Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, good God! Um, we just Some thought like we talked weird. a lot about Alan and like what his impl- like the implication of him and, and it was kind of we were talking about the toxic masculinity of it all and mm-hmm. how it represents a, a a portion of toxic masculinity and how some men get roped into it just by being men and that's mm-hmm. kind of what Alan is but he actually wants the women to succeed mm-hmm. and like he's really just kind of an ally. To, like, women gaining their power again. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that was interesting that Alan's, like, go Barbie the whole time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, man, that movie is fucking great. Great movie. If you haven't already seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. And I think if there's any other award show hosts that make jokes about how Barbie is just about a toy with boobies, they need to Dude, die. that that guy was not funny. No. Um, but I, I really do think the Barbie movie is going to be studied in like film classes. I agree. At some point. Like As someone that took film studies classes, that movie would be very fun to watch. I mean, Matt and I talked about it for like 
an hour and a half, I want to say, like when I got back from the flight and like the next day, I think after, mm-hmm. cause it was new year's the next day we talked about it. Um, or sorry, it wasn't new year's. It was back in November, but we talked about it for like an hour, hour and a yeah. half, like just what it like, like the, like dissecting every, like as much of it as we could. Um, and it was a lot of fun to talk about. So I really think like that people are going to be studying us and dissecting it. Um, I think Greta Gerwig did an incredible job. Margot Robbie did an incredible job. Like, Ryan Gosling fucking stole the show. Like, I also was he did reading, so great. I think Sharon Stone proposed doing a Barbie live-action movie in the 90s and got basically laughed out of the studio. Yeah, I mean, I think it was fantastic. It's, so, it, it's crazy to me that it's taken this long yeah. for this to happen, but... I mean, 60-plus years. 65, or 64 at that point, but when yeah. it was released... Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's a wonderful movie. It deserves every award it's winning. Um, additional is kind of like fun thing about Barbie that's in the upcoming future. Did you know that they have officially broken ground on the Mattel Adventure Park? No, that sounds fun. It's going to be in Glendale, Arizona. Okay. It's going to be hotter than a motherfucker. Also, it's in Arizona, so. And they're going to have, like, not just Barbie mm-hmm. rides, but they're making, like, their own adventure park. And you That's going to be walk, fun. You can walk around in a life-size Barbie dream house, which that I like think so sounds fun. very fun. I love that. So, I don't know. We'll see how that kind of stuff continues to go. But Barbie's not going anywhere. No, it's not. And I'm excited to see if they do, like, a sequel or to see where they take this new live action. So, I don't think there's plans to do a sequel. Margot okay. Robbie has said they're not okay. doing one. Maybe this will encourage other things, mm-hmm. but I don't think we're going to see anything else yeah. like this. And... Maybe for the best, because this movie was so fucking iconic that I don't know that you can... sequel, I don't know if you're going to get the same kind of impact or... Yeah, I would agree. Anything. And maybe one day we'll do just like an episode just on the movie, because obviously like we're... There's so much more to talk about with the movie, too. Yeah, we're running... Maybe we'll officially do a Barbenheimer episode when I finally watch watch Oppenheimer. (laughs) That will not be happening anytime soon. Um, But yeah, maybe we'll do like an actual Barbie movie at some point, because... We kind of split this episode into multiple things. Yeah. And I could talk about the Barbie movie for hours. Same. Um, cool. So with that. Yeah. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please go on your fa- favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating. If you listen through the music, you will hear all of our social media information and you can contact us there. And also, we can hype Barbie up together. Yes. You can tell us your favorite celebrity inspired barbie because i want to talk about the share barbie for like an hour (laughs) um yeah so that's it we will see you guys next time and till then go watch the barbie movie bye barbie You can follow along with all of our drunken shenanigans on Instagram at Drunken Uncultured. You can also contact us via email at drunkenuncultured at gmail.com. You can find me, Lindsay, on Instagram at Lindsay Sold Out. And you can find me, Stephanie, on Instagram at underscore Stephen Color.